today's podcast is presented by Boachella, a Coachella-themed boat party featuring an incredible excursion on the St. Croix River with two bands, a DJ, bottomless food, and drinks. Boachella is looking to be the turning point of this already historic year. So come celebrate with us in Stillwater, Minnesota at 12 p.m. on Saturday, August 8th. Link to the tickets is in the description of this very podcast. Let's make history. Let's get weird. And let's get after it. Today is Tuesday, July 28th, and we have Mazid Oluwewu on the podcast today. This is a special podcast for me because my cousin Deborah Moosin and Sarah reached out to me saying I should have Mazid on the show, and right when I got in contact with him, I knew he'd be an awesome guest. Uh, we did it over Zoom. He's a Chicago native. He's 18 years old. He's a content or creator. He's a basketball player, a musician, and a digital marketer. He truly loves everything he's doing. Uh, and he'll get into all of the nitty gritty uh, in this very podcast. Welcome to our first Zoom conversation we're having here. Um, I wanna, I'm, I, I'm, I'm happy we finally got a chance to meet. Uh, you are a basketball player playing in college, uh, transferring to Michigan. I'm assuming still going to try to work out and make the team at Michigan. Yes, sir. You uh, have created content since high school and have transitioned your basketball content to now speaking for Black Lives Matter and racial and social injustices. Kudos to you, man. You're really using your platform. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm stoked to kind of unpack your story here today. Yeah, for sure. So let's jump into kind of like your uh, your basketball career. I'd love to, you know, that's your first passion, your true love. What was that like um, playing in the uh, North Shore of uh, Chicago? So, yeah, basically, uh, just a quick recap. Even before North Shore, I st- my first time playing basketball was at Lakeshore Schools. That's like a small spot on the like Edgewater, Rogers Park area. And then I went to Northside Catholic Academy. Um had great coaches there coach john uh coach john motivated me really to just keep going with with the game and not quit i was playing soccer and a whole bunch of other sports but he made sure i I was stuck to basketball and um probably around seventh eighth grade when i got to north shore that's when basketball became like i want to play in college uh that's when i had my first real like long-term goal like i want to play in march madness that's part of like the where the michigan basketball comes from and like kind of looking for a place like how could I achieve this dream that I've had since seventh and eighth grade um high school was an interesting journey I mean I definitely didn't make it in terms of playing division one right away um still have no guarantees now I started getting recruited my summer of junior year by a lot of division threes um and it wasn't until maybe end of the senior season I had a few D2 schools reach out to me and offer me. Um, but I was looking for something more sound academically, and they weren't the most pre- prestigious uh, academic schools that had reached out to me at that time. So um, kind of weighing my options at that time, I felt that Cornell College was the best option. 
and that's what I did. Um, worked really hard, regardless whether D3, D2, D1. I don't think that it was a reflection of my work ethic. I'm still working hard to get to where I want to be, but in terms of the journey, I'd sum it up by just a lot of hard work, sneaking in the gyms, um, starting to lift weights or trying to start lifting weights. Didn't really uh, get too good at that part, doing the sneaking in to get to the weight room, but on the court, I was trying everything I could, got my friends together, um, just trying to be a leader, and uh, I'm still sticking to that. And I'm not done with basketball just yet. As long as my body can do it, I'm still fighting for for ba- basketball. That's definitely that's de- that's my secret number one. Is I start doing all these new things, basketball is secretly still number one. Amen to that, man. Dude, the recruiting process is brutal. There is no easy way to go through it, especially when you know you have to put all of your um, effort and time into just being. like people looking into you and researching you have to put out the tape you have to send your stuff to all the coaches um i played football at uh st thomas so i'm I'm a d3 athlete as well and dude it was so ruthless i was i had the same dream playing d1 and kind of realized when i went to visit a couple schools that that really probably wasn't the best decision for me i would never see in the field um but kudos to you for um you know taking the leap of faith, going to Cornell, and um, how was that process? So you you decided not to go D1. You, you took the D3 route. Um, what was that like to start? I, I still can't even explain it to this day. When people ask me, how did you choose Cornell? Did you know you were going to transfer right away? Um, what was your goal? There wasn't really... I felt like I was at square one again. I felt like I was at the same at the, in the same place as I was in seventh eighth grade kind of dreaming except now I have this completely different path to follow um I had maybe six or seven d3 offers I was looking at um postgraduate opportunities I was looking at prep school opportunities and um as time dwindled down um Cornell became the best option um at least in my opinion whether or not looking back I would do that again I have no idea. Um, I'm happy with where I am right now in terms of that decision, so I can say that. Uh, In terms of Cornell College, what that was like, I knew that I wanted to perform really well academically, um, and that was like the first thing that was on my mind in terms of how do I market myself as an athlete. I wanted to have standout grades, so my first semester which is what all the colleges that I applied to saw, I probably had like a 3.9, like 3.8, 3.89 so I was shooting for all A's maybe a couple A minuses in there um, and then on the court I was just fighting as hard as I could every day in practice um, there was a lot going on for me at the time with the finances of school family stuff you know being I mean every college freshman knows if you're like you're just stranded I knew nobody um, so it's just Going through all that, I probably didn't have the best start to the season. Maybe didn't make the best first impression, but I I think that uh, considering the circumstances, I just fought for everything that I could, and whether I got it or not, I knew that I tried, and that's how I would describe my Cornell experience. It was just I anything I could control, I controlled it. I was successful in the classroom. I got a lot better as a basketball player. Learned a lot, and if I couldn't control it, then I mean it was none of my business. I just just had to keep moving yeah man you you uh 
you seem like a uh, very self-aware and, and, and help and hyper co- uh, competitive guy, whether it's on the court and, and pretty much all phases of life. Uh, do you say that's come from your family? I, I saw, I read somewhere you have two brothers and a sister. Um, do you think that's like a, like a natural family uh, attribute you carry? Um, to be, I, I want to say yes. And well, yeah, I'll say Growing up, me, my brother, my sister, my my older brother, my younger brother, my sister, all of us, we played video games together, and my oldest brother was always the best one, and he was all, not only was he always the best, but he was the best at every game that we played, but I was always a close second, so like, through that whole process of playing games, and now my younger brother is kind of having the games that he's the best at, and I can't beat him in certain games, and I'm but I'm second to the games that he's like, I'm always second place, but I'm like second place in a whole bunch of things, but I'm never first place. So after I think that experience kind of motivated to me, like, okay, it's cool to be the best at a few things, but if I can compete in everything, I'll take that too. So it's kind of given me, I think those experiences being, you know, my pretty much my whole life seeing that second place, but always being, in the competition has been motivating and even now I think that there's nothing that I can't there's nothing that I'll try that I can't be successful at with time and it's kind of like in terms of film directing uh, producing music um, now doing digital marketing or doing sales or basketball really uh, I, I don't know I just don't see that there's anything anyone can't do and I feel like throughout my life I've had that example just between my siblings and then in my mom as well. She's a really hard worker. Um, and because of that, she gets to be a lot harder on me than anybody else because, I mean, she's a hard, if, if she's the hardest worker, she can talk to somebody that's, you know, still working hard however she wants. And I, and like trying to keep up with, I wouldn't say keep up with her, but trying to like uh, have her validate my work ethic has kind of kept me kept me motivated too it's like well she's working all these hours if i'm working hard i mean i have to do i have to come close to that um, which i still don't but i always remember like if i'm working there's not a point where i'm working and she's not uh, but there are times she's working and i'm not so getting closer and closer to uh, out competing her has also been it's nearly impossible man you can never out compete your mom every mom out there yeah <laughs> No, I know it's never going to happen, but I tell myself, you know, maybe, maybe if I do this and I do that, but the, the she's like, no, unstop. You can uh, I'll never beat it. At least at the, I don't think I'll be beating it, you know, working only for myself because she's working for me and my brother. So it's like, and I'm just working. It's, it's a completely different ball game, but uh, for now it's definitely motivational. And I'll say that's where it all, all comes always, from. Always keep it motivational. Yeah. Um, and let's tap into your your work ethic with um, transitioning your filming content from you know you were you started with kind of putting out gaming content. You talked about that with you and your brother. Um, love video games during the high school area, um, and probably still love video games. And yeah. then you're still putting and then you put out basketball content. And then most recently, you just started um, tapping into using your platform for Black Lives Matter and social and racial injustices. So let's talk about kind of like your content creation and kind of the evolution of that story. So I'll say maybe freshman year high school, my brother and I would watch a lot of like video game content. And we try to create some of our own, 
but we had we didn't have anything close to what was necessary to make anything look good or look like what you know the people we were watching look like you need to get a capture card and a microphone and this and that and at our age and just like with ever, the way everything was we're not just gonna get that so um made a few videos stopped my channel put that on pause uh switched over to making basketball stuff i would record and edit my clips or i had somebody one of my friends would record it and we kind of make a uh, a mixtape or a highlight tape but kind of make it I, don't know, I, I remember one that i made my junior year was kind of more like a more cinematic than a regular like a coach here look at my look at these clips um and at that point that's when i started to be like oh i actually want to start um directing and filming stuff when you when you say uh cinematic you're talking like behind the scenes like um in the huddle shots what, what how do you describe cinematic oh so when i say cinematic i mean um it was more like a show where we're going through the whole game experience the warm-ups the game the post game like after every game in high school i would shoot around and i would like um kind of get a few extra shots up just to oh, i didn't want to waste the extra time i had uh, still on the court and we shot that we did some slow-mos we had music and kind of made it more like you're watching uh, like i don't know like you're watching a show versus um clip by clip here's my point here are my points here are my blocks here are my tough rebounds and stuff like that and um we also did like drone shots for some like it was more than just a uh highlight tape that i would send to a coach and that ex that experience of having ideas and like putting it towards something is when it all when it turned more to i want to direct film or i want to uh, kind of stick to a youtube channel and post more um consistently and then that stopped for a while, stopped doing basketball stuff. And then after going to Cornell, I was like, at least for me, before going to school, it, like any school transition, whether it's middle school to high school, high school to college, like I watched a ton of YouTube videos about a ton, a ton of random stuff, just trying to gain some perspective. And then I realized like, wait, I, I've done all the I'm now pretty much done with all the transitions. I've done the middle school to high school. I've done the high school to college. So now I'm at the point where I can kind of share my experience and, you know, help out the kids that were once me looking up, like, how to do, how to be successful in this in high school, how to handle X, Y, and Z. And then that's where I started. Like, I had a f few more videos on my channel. Some of them are privated now just because I didn't like how they turned out. But I started doing that. And then I met one of my friends from middle school actually is studying film in um, Savannah, Georgia. And I'd seen that he'd been posting a lot of stuff. And I'd seen him at a music festival once the summer before. I hadn't seen him really in years, like to like actually meeting him. And I just reached out to him. I'm like, hey, I want to start film directing. I have like a basketball project that I want to do. Let's do it. And then I worked on the storyboard didn't really get far and then on march 30th um i'm seeing on twitter i'm getting texts and stuff about the protests in downtown there had been one the day before and then to that saturday i believe was like a huge day uh, for protests all over the country 
and I woke up, I texted him, it's like, hey, let's go report this protest or document this protest. And luckily he was free, um, came over to my house, and then we got there, recorded it, it uh, did the editing the next day, and we watched it, we were like, wait, we just did something. So that kind of turned it into, all right, let's focus on this. We both have bigger interests than just documenting um, this movement, but our goal is to build a platform to where our voices can be heard louder and more frequently and kind of speak for our age demographic in a more unbiased, uh, not necessarily neutral, but yeah, unbiased way. I think that a lot of people, there's a lot of great conversation going on right now. And I think that people are able to silence each other because of the emotion. And I think that once we appeal, once people start appealing to humanity and it's like, hey, it's not about left versus right. It's not, it's not political parties. And stop talking about, um, you know, what, like nitpicking what our, what people in government have done. That's not necessarily what our goal is. Our goal is like, hey, we as people need to come together. We need to recognize when each other, when, when someone's hurting and we need to take it personally, whether or not you think you're responsible. Listening and maybe hearing and maybe changing the way you do something or the way you think about something could be very meaningful because, I mean, I don't know. Me personally, I'm not talking to, you know, my mayor every day. I'm not talking to my you know, state senate every day, but I'm talking to friends, I'm meeting new people, and it's those interactions that shape, you know, how, who we elect, how we elect them. So I think the first step is, you know, changing, you know, the everyday person, because that's what really matters. And then we can move towards, or actually, no, I don't, I don't, I don't care what people do past that, but my goal is I want somebody to see a black person, an Indian person, an Asian person, a white person, and be curious and like get rid of the assumptions and get rid of, you know, the idea that somebody is something because of what you can see. There's so much that you can't see and you should want to discover it versus just find the boxes and put somebody in a box. It should be more about discovery. And that's what my content is about right now. Dude. That's awesome. Uh, Hair on my arm is standing up. This podcast is presented by Project Moment, a mission-based lifestyle brand that started from a passion to inspire individuals to find a send of purpose by living a life in the moment. They donate 10% of their profits towards mental health as the founder, like many of us, lives with severe depression and anxiety. Project Moment aims to give back to others going through similar issues. They sell bracelets that can be worn as a reminder to cherish the moment. My favorite is the anxiety bracelet. You know, we all have anxiety right now um, in these crazy times. And for $15, you can buy this phenomenal bracelet. What a great reminder. Use promo code BACKPOCKET, that is B-A-C-K-P-O-C-K-E-T, for 10% off any of their products online at projectmoment.com. That's project, like we all know how to spell project, M-O-M-T.com. It's really hard to like tell people how good something smells when you like you're listening to it. You can't like audibly explain how good something smells. Right, especially when you you light the candle to kickstart a podcast. It sets the mood. Everyone's kind of on the same wavelength because the candle's been lit, but it's hard to like 
you know, verbalize and and like help the listeners feel that. Other than saying is lit, that's about it, right? Like, I hope everyone knows that like when you light a, a soda sense candle, Travis Scott somewhere says is lit every time. It's without just, without fail. Without fail, it's proven, guaranteed with every soda scent order. Get yours today if you've never ordered. A soda scent. Shame on you, first off. But second off, no worries. Promo code back pocket, get 20% off. As many of you know, Bocella is right around the corner. And with that, we have a new fresh line of mugs presented by Metro Mugs. We have the Bocella logo Metro Mug. It's an absolute class act. Um, obviously drinking anything but coffee in that one. And then the final one that we have coming along with that is the new line Let's Get Weird mug. I think we can pretty much use that for anything as well. Um, pour your cold brew in there, spike with some Baileys, do whatever you need. Regardless, get your Metro mug today. Use code BACKPOCKET, that's B-A-C-K-P-O-C-K-E-T, to get your sweet deal on these mugs. Go get your damn mug at MetroMugs.com. This past weekend, the Ansara family was able to enjoy Lake Minnetonka because of Float at Let'sFloat.com. We were able to get a pontoon boat from a local boat owner, and my family had the best time. You need to hear from Pops and how he enjoyed this experience. We just came from a great weekend in Minnesota. Hey, peace to Ross and Jake from Float, Let'sFloat.com. You guys making boating accessible for everyone while well, you made it accessible for the Ansaras. We had a blast, and I'm totally rejuvenated, ready for my week. More importantly, Minnesota, you guys got something going there. I don't know what is it in the water. Is it just in the spirit, in the heart? But you guys are good. It's healthy. It's soulful. It's a great place. Cheers to everyone in Minnesota. Cheers for a great week to everyone. Use your back pocket. And with that being said, use promo code BP10 for 10% off your first purchase at letsfloat.com. That is let'sfloat.com. The the idea of being curious goes so far. Ah, I that's something running this podcast for the past four years speaks volumes. That's the only reason why we've had, you know, the success we've had is because we're genuinely curious about the person across from them, up, across from us, and we want to share these stories of success because we're all just ordinary, average people, but we have extraordinary passions and we have extraordinary things about ourselves that. Some people don't want to share or don't feel comfortable sharing because they feel like they might be cocky or uh, verbose and they then they just kind of keep it to themselves. But when you have an opportunity to ask a question and let that person, you know, illuminate their true passions, I think it's incredible. And I love how you've shot your first three videos or uh, or so with, you know, just a point and shoot. And you're asking, I'm, I'm not sure if you're even asking a question or you're just saying like, hey, could you? Could you share your thoughts on what's happening or what you're doing right now? I absolutely love it. It's very organic and it's uh, you can feel how real just uh, from the Chicago protest and then the one that you shot in Winneka um, with the people participating and the people in the surrounding environment kind of sharing what they're doing. What What's kind of like your, your uh, process when you walk into these situations with Kai, correct? That's your filmer. What's, what's kind of like your uh, mindset walking into each uh, environment? Um, so I say, yeah, this is the way I put it. He's the, I'm the brain and he's the eyes. So I will, let's say, there are a lot of times where, and we kind of swap being the brain and the eyes, but more or less um, he kind of 
filters out my idea. Let's say I have an idea and he knows what my idea will look like and he'll be like, uh, the lighting won't be right for that or the camera isn't steady to shoot, steady enough to shoot something like that or you know, he just has the knowledge in terms of film to keep everything clean and professional. And I think that we work really well in that, in that way in terms of I kind of have like a creative uh, vision or a direction that I want something to look like, but he doesn't let it, uh, he kind of filters it in a way that keeps it um, um, engaging and fresh and not, you know, overwhelming. Um, but in terms of how we ta how we tackled the protest, it was kind of the first one was very, I mean, very last minute, not a lot of planning. But as we went into it, um, I kind of saw the video, I saw the final product in my head, and then wanted to shoot the pieces to make it look like what I saw the final piece being. Um, and he kind of he had his own input, and I had my own input in certain directions. Um, in terms of the interviews, they were all the same. We would always start at like, what does it mean to you? What does it mean uh, for you to be here right now? Why are you here? What are your thoughts? And then we would clip, throughout the, throughout the majority of both videos, we clipped my voice out. Clip, I, I tried not to be in the shot, just to focus on, just so the video was focused on um, the people that wanted to speak. Um, Actually, even in the Winneka protest, we had an interview with the state senate of the ninth district, and we didn't we didn't include it just because we didn't want it to be a about a political message. It, we we kind of wanted to deter from that, and that was Kai's idea, and I uh, I thought that, that would made a lot of sense because we're trying our goal is to inf is to influence the more everyday person and kind of show perspective and. I feel like it would turn others away from that by including something like a um, state senator. Um, but I, I feel like that's the best way to describe it. It's like he just filters out the bad ideas and puts in some good ones. And then I kind of have a vision and maybe I'll direct a few shots. Like, I want you to do this with the camera and do that. But it's really like a ebb and flow relationship. Mm -hmm. Has there been a, a, a particular shot or an instance that stood out to you more than the rest? Um, there are two, and the, the 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 first one is actually the in the Chicago video when it starts. There's the man on the horse, and it's everything's very chaotic. There's a lot of noise, and then it kind of cuts to me being in the car, talk like setting everything up. I think that. Um, in terms of improving like the first 30 seconds to minute and 30 seconds of a video has been something that I've been working hard on. I feel like a lot of my, I mean, it's different types of content, but like in my college advice videos, it was very boring in the first 30 seconds and it, it hurt my engagement. Um, but I think that giving people something that's like, uh, like it starts with the little stock footage of the COVID virus thing and then it goes to, you know, oh, there's a guy on a horse and they're about to charge a whole bunch of police officers and then it's me talking in a car very peaceful and kind of mixing that up and kind of creating an experience uh, in that way I think is probably the best part of, or my favorite part of working on that project is kind of creating um, 
something for a viewer to hold on to. And then um, in the in the Winneka protest video, I think um, when it pans, like the part when it pans up to the sky, I don't know if you remember, but if it, it pans up to the sky in one part and it comes down while um, the first speaker is speaking. And that's something that I planned like ahead of time. And even though, I mean, I think it's a cool transition. It's not anything particularly difficult, but like setting that up in order to put the text in and kind of have a smooth transition to the first interview, to the speaker, to the second interview, that was something else I kind of saw that my vision, like I'm trusting my vision in that, you know, film directing is something that I, you know, have an eye for. And that those two shots kind of, kind of gave me my confidence to like take it more seriously and want to continue. Right on, dude. Yeah, no, I know they shot exactly what you're talking about. It went up to the sky and then it shot to the guy in the blue polo um, yeah. that went first. Yep. Uh, kill. And then the, the, the horse, um, that's incredible that you caught that on camera twice. Um, yeah. That is a lasting image that like captures truly what the moment. Um, and even just kind of like the people rushing um, in each direction, you, you really set yourself up in a good spot. And, and I think Kai does a great job of um, making sure that the, um, like the back end editing or he captures the lighting perfectly. So it's like, Oh yeah. So he actually like on his camera, he does. I, I mean, I wish, I wish uh, he was here so he could explain it, but he like turns down the color on while he's shooting it. So it's a lot, it's not as pretty looking like on the little monitor uh, that he uses with the camera, but he himself manually edits the color after shooting. Um, and like the before and after is, I can't even, I can't even describe it. It's insane how he, I don't know. He's learned, I mean, he's, he's, he's learning a lot at Savannah. So yes. it's definitely paying off and he's very, very gifted, very talented. I always tell him that he's going to, He's gonna take over the film game in a couple of months to years. So. Mm -hmm. Love the process, dude. Keep it going, Kai, because he's he's doing well. Um, you also mentioned in your blog post how um, the music, picking the right music, was important to you. Um, can you kind of break down the the way you picked out the music for the Chicago protest? I think for me, I music is music for me is life like i listen to a song and i tie it like every song that i've listened to i can tie it to a specific point in my life or when it came out or when it was most popular or how it made me feel and um so on and i think that that relationship with music um helped me select the track list for that first video um, and then that first, I can't remember the names of the songs, but the, the first one that I played, like the, I think it's called Black. I forgot by, I forgot who it's by, but the first song that plays in that video, um, had gotten a lot of popularity on social media. It came out a few years ago, but it, uh, like on TikTok and uh, Instagram, I'd seen it a ton. I'd, or I'd heard it a ton and I felt that, um, for the younger people in the audience um, that are on TikTok, that are on Instagram, would hear it and be like, oh, I know this song. Um, By Buddy. I just looked it up on your video. Yeah. Um, yep. And it would just, like, 
draw people in. It's very aggressive, um, and it just fits the fits the tone. And then the next song, the the J Cole, um, J Cole, she's mine. I think it's part either part one or part two. Um, part two, yeah. That song to I remember that album came out like December, late December of my um, of my junior year or my sophomore year. And I remember hearing that song, and I thought it was like it's the most, it's probably the most beautiful J Cole song I've ever heard. And I felt that you know the scene when it's like the the ladies in the car, and they're putting their their fists up in the sky, or and then it goes to the to the man sitting with his dog in a wheelchair. And I was like, I feel that that song kind of brought out that emotion. You know, everybody's hearing about the rioters and the looters, but did you know that there is a man with a little chihuahua in a wheelchair also participating and i felt that choosing a song that kind of fit that while also showing the glass being shattered um because people did do it's not that you know the rioting and looting didn't happen but it's just not all that happened so kind of showing that you know there's innocence there's emotion there's fragility in it um picking that kind of music and then the last two songs i wanted something very is very aggressive. I think songs that were exemplary of like hip hop and black culture with uh, Kendrick Lamar and then the uh, Meek Mill remix. I think those songs are just like they just this sounds like classic hip hop. So you have to have to include something like that just to tie it tie it in. Um, with uh, with music, you you mentioned uh, earlier how you're part you you are also active in the music industry are you creating your own music yes i'm actually i'm working on getting a manager right now um i've been writing probably been writing music since my freshman year so probably like about to be five years of writing music definitely didn't start out very good um but i feel like i've improved to this point and i want to start getting more serious about it and i'm just testing out different styles different sounds um but yeah, music is something I'm very passionate about, even at an early age. Um, I could like recognize certain producers in music that I was listening to. Um, I would recognize like what type of what song is like. I could predict what song um, would be like influential in in terms of, like between like my group of friends or uh, like the Chicago um, area. And I think that that came from my upbringing. My dad listens to like all types of music led me to listen to all types of music and kind of building that ear um, has brought me to want to participate and like join the music creation industry. That's awesome. You're, you're, you're 19, 20? I'm 18. I turned 19 in August. I turned 19 in August. I got a couple months to be like 18 or not even oh, a couple yeah. months, a few, few months, few days or weeks, something like that. So you're turning 19 in August you're up to so many different paths and you and you care about each one of them which is the coolest thing uh you genuinely have thoughtful caring like passion towards each little uh niche that you're tackling like as an as an 18 year old um creating a platform for black lives matter and um you know all these other various outlets and trying to you know uh, walk on at Michigan and and, and play Division One basketball and, and and accomplish your dream of playing in March Madness. What's that like? Like, how are you feeling? What's going on in your head? 
Um, I've been telling every, like, literally everybody my age. I mean, it doesn't really matter what age you are, but like, now is prime time to just do whatever you like. I mean, I don't know. If you want to do something, do it because the only reason you couldn't do something is if you were dead. And if you're not dead, then you should be doing whatever it is that you want to do. Um, I think it's like every once in a while, I'll be like, wow, this is like, I'm trying to do a lot of things. How am I going to, how am I going to manage it? But then like, there are so many hours in the day. Um, there's so much time. Every, I mean, most people are busy. So like when you're working on something and you're not working on something else, you can just switch it the next day. Like there's so much time. Um, and like, I, I, like, I don't want to, I don't want to regret not trying something. Like you only regret, I feel like when you ask somebody, what's your biggest regret? Oh, it's not trying this or it's not investing in that. It's, it's always a negative. It's not a, I regret doing. It's typically in my experience, I may be wrong, but in my experience is always a negative action for regret. And I mean, I know I'm going to die at some point and it's none of my regrets are going to be negative. I don't even I hope I don't have any. But as of right now, it's all about just go do it. If you want to try it, try it out. If you're not good, find somebody who's good at it. Try it again. That's I mean, that's all I can say. Yeah, man, there's nothing cooler than trying something new for the first time, recognizing you didn't do it too well and then being like, all right, I, get, I have more times to keep trying and trying and uh and get better at something that you care about. Um, be uncomfortable. Be comfortable with being uncomfortable in these new situations. And I totally agree with you. It's more, more times than not, if not every time. If you have a regret, it's because you didn't say something. It's because you failed to take action. It's because you, you sat on your hands. And um, I'm, I'm stoked that you're you're finding that. Like as a sophomore in college, I didn't have that. Um, I, I think a little bit later I started picking that up. Um, but that's freaking sweet, man. Um, you, so now you're, you're heading to Michigan. Um, will school, will you be attending school? Has that been finalized? Yeah. So like on campus, I mean, yeah, they, we're going to have lectures online and then smaller classes will be live and in person. Um, I'm not exactly sure which classes, like if they're going to put it on our schedule or like email us or something to know, uh, like if you're, if there's like a class size line, like maybe it's a small, maybe it's like not a lecture, but it's the same size and it's technically a smaller class. Will those be online? That I don't know, but we will be on campus as of right now. Gotcha. Right on. Well, let's tap into a little bit of the back pocket here. Uh, some core questions of ours. First one is an average quality. Something you do well at times and other times not so well. At the end of the day, it's your average quality. So, Mazid, what would be your average quality? Um, probably imp- impulse like decision-making or not being impulsive. Like kind of making that conscious decision to not just like do this do this do this do this do this or all right this is what i want to do here is here are my other options uh that's definitely something that i can do sometimes i definitely don't do it all the time so or all the time um 
But I definitely, I do know that when I actually think about something or like plan something a little bit better, usually it's usually in my best interest. But I, I think hopefully that comes with age. I don't know. Yeah. Dude, keep saying yes. I love impulse decisions. I'm always a fan of. Do you have like a, an example you can think of where you uh, were just like, all right, we're just going to say yes to this and make this happen. Um, and it could be something you've already shared. Uh, I'm just curious. Um, I can't say that anything hasn't been an impulsive. This I can't even think of something that I thought of before, and I'll say literally everything. Um, <laughs> I want to want the best example. I'll say okay. I was playing for one AAU team. Um, Chicago Hoops, probably, I don't even know how old I was, some, like, underclassman in high school, and this one coach was like, hey, I want you to play for us, we have practice tomorrow, and I was like, uh, can I think about it? He said, uh, you can just tell me right now, and I was like, okay, I'll be at practice tomorrow, and I met some, met some cool people, met some not cool people, but, again, no, no regrets from it, I made, made some great friends, Definitely one of my favorite coaches ever, uh, Coach Dre. Um, but yeah, I, I'd say everything I've ever done has been a last, like a last second shot, and it kind of has worked pretty well. I mean, I haven't. What have I? Yeah, I don't really plan much. I plan my days. I don't necessarily plan my actions. If that makes any sense. How's it been playing? Um... AAU in uh, Chicago because I mean if outside of New York and Southern California I mean Chicago's the hub that's I mean I went to uh, Mount Prospect so I was a Northwest Suburbs guy and I had a bunch of friends playing AAU and stuff like I was in I'm a Jalil Okafor's age so I just I went to a bunch of his games Um, how's that been like being in one of the the most competitive basketball uh, areas I will. I'll say the first thing is Chicago basketball is such a unique style, and I didn't really notice it until I. I didn't even think about it until college, and we're playing open gyms, and I'm. I kind of feel like I'm playing. I'm playing the game in a completely different way, a different set of emotions than uh, a lot of my, a lot of, or pretty much all my teammates, um, and looking back Chicago basketball is very aggressive um high speed high intensity defenses uh super high pressure uh I feel like Chicago makes the best the mess the excuse me they make the best guards like I can't even Jalen Bronson yep Derrick Rose Dwayne Wade um I'm thinking more my age, DJ Stewart, um, Aquan Smart, Ahmad Bynum, like just from the Chicago area, it's just these crazy athletic guards, quick. Um, every once in a while, we'll get a Derrick Rose or Dwayne Wade, and I know there's one coming, but it's it's great to see like, I don't know, it's just like you think the regular, like to us, the regular kids, but then you go on your Instagram and you'll see like, oh, this kid is going to East, like Maryland or Duke or highly recruited athletes. Um, and it's definitely crazy to just have that be a norm in your city to have a couple every 
every year. So. Yep. And and do and with that, what's in your back pocket when these situations? And it could be in, on the basketball court. It can just be in your everyday life. Um, when pressure becomes stress and anxieties rise, and what's in your back pocket to overcome these situations? Um. Really, I'll say it's a lot of. I'll say it's a lot of music. And it's a lot of memories for me. Um, I think that in like it's not so much, you know, uh, and this is my personal philosophy. A lot of people say live in the present and be in the moment. But for me, I kind of make my actions. Or I try to I try to make my actions so that when I look back on it, I have something, excuse me, something good to look back on. And I think, like, especially with the whole, you know, staying at home, I uh, didn't have a chance to visit um, visit Michigan or visit uh, Miami University, another school that I was considering. And it kind of set me back in terms of my basketball, in, my, in terms of my basketball goals, but just listening to kind of songs that I associate with, like, good times or um, thinking back about times when you know I could go to the gym and play basketball and kind of building up that idea that you know at those times you didn't there was still stuff going on then there's stuff going on now just play some music you know plug in your headphones connect to a speaker because I mean you're still again going back to what I said earlier you're still alive um, so you can't, you don't want to give yourself too many excuses. You ch- I, I try to stay in the, in a positive mindset as much as possible. Uh, everybody's going to have a, their bad days or weeks, but kind of finding, um, kind of locking in on those good times definitely can bring, uh, definitely brings me back to normal and back to, back to neutral, which is happy for me. So mm-hmm. that's kind of my main strategy. Yeah, man. Stay stay positive. Keep pushing forward. Keep challenging yourself. What what would you say is next? What would um, you're heading to Michigan? You're trying to walk on. Um, what's that going to be like? Is there anything else kind of like in the, in the next couple months that's happening in your life that you want to share? Um, actually, there are quite a, a few new things going on. Um, I'm directing a film shoot for a clothing brand called Closure. It's like a streetwear brand has had a couple of um like trippy red the holiday ian dior has uh worn um closure which is a brand started by one of my older brother's friends and i'm going to be directing a kind of pre-release video for that um i'm also going to be starting a um, basketball series looking at four of my cousins who are all kind of going through different basketball experiences. Uh, although Chicago has, you know, some highly ranked prospects and great NBA players, there are also some guys uh, like myself um, who made, you know, they can play the game, but they didn't get the, they didn't get all the praise to come with it and kind of sharing that story and kind of seeing where that leads, uh, leads them. That's another project along with, um, doing music videos and recording and releasing my own music, uh, getting a manager in the next week or two. Um, And then in terms of Michigan, 
I've been starting to train. Uh, my goal is to train every single day um, until August 22nd, which is my move-in day. And by building that consistency, I hope, and you know, let whatever opportunity rises or doesn't, I will, I'll be sitting on a lot of consistency and it will keep me motivated whether I get an opportunity or not. I mean, I'll still have a junior, senior year, um, potentially be a grad transfer player. So there's still so much time. I'm not done. Basketball isn't going anywhere. And, I, and then uh, digital marketing. I'm also doing um, like hunting down small businesses that may not be on Google Maps or not on Instagram, not on Facebook and getting them, getting their social medias going, um, getting them on Google, getting them reviews, and kind of making work out of that, and that'll create opportunities for me to start um, doing film and taking pictures to kind of get their website or social medias going. It'll just be, you know, good practice, and it's also a job, so. That's a great lead magnet. I'm I'm a digital marketer by day, I'm a podcaster by night, um, so if you ever need any extra pieces of advice, I run more Facebook ads, Instagram ads, Google ads outside of just like the organic stuff. Um, so if you ever need, uh, an extra, extra advice or anything, I mean, uh, I'd love to help you out in that area. Thank um, you. I would definitely appreciate it. It's a lot to learn, oh, yeah. um, but I'm, de- I'm definitely excited. I think it'll help me more. It'll help me more than it'll hurt to do that extra work on it the baby steps to learn the basics but i'm definitely excited yeah and if anything you're getting to know all the small businesses in your area and you know creating that relationship that will lead to something that you probably won't even predict mm-hmm. that is very true a lot yeah this summer is definitely i don't know it's been weird that i've had the most productive summer of my life when i'm supposed to be stuck in the house it's like right <laughs> it's it's been telling me a lot about you know what really is opportunity and what is time i don't know the world is what you, the world is what you can make it if you have, if you have the slightest bit of resources and just gotta spread the wealth and see what people can do. And, and talking about resources, back pocket grows by challenging um, ourselves through our guests. So we ask every single guest, who do you challenge to have us on the show? Whether it's someone you think we wouldn't even have possible, whether it's your best friend, um, who do you think Mazid would be good for the back pocket? And I'm thinking like this could be a Zoom call, or if you know anyone in my area, uh, I'm in here in Minneapolis that we could uh, have on on the show. I would actually, um, I have a few ideas actually, and one of them, or okay, first is definitely Kai Reinhard that did um, did the filming and kind of. He's definitely one of the most unique people I've ever. I still don't. I I think, and I don't even know if he's really. He's real. He's not. He doesn't. He's. I don't even want to say too much about him. I'd rather have him speak on that. But I think he'd be a great, uh, definitely a great guest. And then um, Zario, who was a, he was the uh, speaker in the Winneka protest video with the uh, blue shirt uh, I think speaking to him would definitely be I think he has a unique story definitely very accomplished um, has done a lot of great things um, Steve Sarowitz who is um, he was also in that video he was the he's Baha'i 
very successful in the business world very oddly simple for someone you know so successful you i mean uh, people have their expectations and he's definitely you can't really predict the personality that comes with you know someone that's so accomplished in in that regard and then um zaya who was the girl that sang in the Winneka protest i think that she would be cool definitely a lot younger than everybody else i've mentioned still in high school um singer activist I, I i don't even know how i couldn't even think of all the categories but i think that that yeah. grouping of people i don't know how many you i don't know if you call it a book but i don't know how many you have already lined up but i think that those those few people are definitely i think i would like to hear how uh hear more about them mm-hmm. challenge accepted um this uh what was the woman's name who sang sang the high schooler zaya i zaya yeah, X-I-A-H. At least I think that's how you say it. Okay. I hope that's right. Yeah, when she talked about why she picked Stand By Me over Imagine, um, just that small snippet, um, you could tell that she's one thoughtful individual that's, you know... I, I thought the same, like, in the moment when recording it, I didn't realize it, but in the editing, I was like, wait, that that makes that's like... She wasn't... She was doing it, like, wholeheartedly. It wasn't halfway. She just wasn't doing what she was told she had she had her own vision and she wasn't she wasn't messing around with it and I, yeah awesome man challenge accepted all three love it um and then we'll finish with this final question uh what did you learn today from the moment that you woke up to when we're having this conversation um what did i learn today uh what did i learn today consistency that's what I learned today is just be consistent and if you can't do it on your own get some people to help you be consistent who also need to be consistent that'll probably help you achieve your goal that's what I learned amen cheers to being consistent and persistent Uh, and thanks for joining and taking time out of your day no problem thank you